Welcome everyone to today's episode of Be Freaking Awesome. I'm one of your hosts, Sammy Kinnison, here with Angela Belford, and today we are joined by one of our favorite repeat guests, Corinna Dronau. Did I say Dronau right? I don't know. <laughs> I married the name. <laughs> so I say Drano, but it Drano. It's not Drano. That it's not Drano. Okay. <laughs> that's a that's a plumbing agent, Drano. Absolutely. So okay. Drano is good. Drano. So Corinna, in case you haven't listened to some of her previous episodes, she is a therapist in the local Northwest Arkansas community. We are really excited to be wrapping up our fun February series talking to Corinna. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Sammy, how are we ending our fun February series talking with a therapist? But trust me, stay with me. It's going to be great. Corinna has a very unique uh, approach, I think. And I don't know that this is just you, but there is a unique tool and method that she uses within her therapy practice that we're going to be talking about today called Santre Therapy. I have not been a part of this. Angela has. Corinna, why don't you take a moment to give us just an overview of what is Santre Therapy for those who may not know? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm Grateful to be here again. Thank you. Um, you two are just so amazing, that mother-daughter team and, and working together and the, all the amazing content you've had so far. So thanks. It's exciting. Thank you. Well, we came, we came thinking about Santre. It's been Angela came and met with me in my office and I have a Santre there. And that's how we started talking about it. So it is not grown out of my my um, my idea thing. There's actually, it's been, I believe it's been since the 1930s is when it was developed in Germany. And I am from Germany. Um, some of the history facts might not 100% align, but Dora Kalf was the woman that started it. And, and it's based on, um, you may have, you know, um, heard of dream analysis by Young, Carl Young and it's based on the ideas is that images have a really big impact on us. And that's why we dream about uh, snakes or whatever it is people dream in the middle of the night or monsters or um, some bizarre stuff. And so it's based about the idea that our, our internal um, psyche knows how to heal itself, just like in dreams. What is Santre therapy? Well, visualize or imagine my office and for the YouTube, you can probably put up some pictures, but um, I have a cabinet, a media cabinet, and when you open it up, there are shelves and shelves, and on the shelves, I have little miniatures, like mini figurines, trees, houses, um, suns, traffic, vehicles, all kinds of things, big figurines, and we call them miniatures. And then over on the side, I have two sand trays. And they're sitting on the table, so you can kind of stand at them or sit, because adults can also play in the sand. And it is not the kind of sandbox that you'd imagine at a playground where, you know, huge and big and you get sand in. But this is just to play in. It's a tabletop, and it's it has a very specific size um, requirement. So it's about two or three inches tall, and... It's um, the size of like a, a tote box or something, you know, like one of those. Um, uh, Rubbermaid. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't sure if I could say that, but, like, you know, big plastic container. Not with a a sponsor. Lid on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could make it one. Um, <laughs> my, 
the professional sand tray boxes are made out of wood and I had somebody make it and it, they're supposed to be blue on the inside and then you cover it with sands. And I have a white sand, really fine, beautiful that I collected on the beach in Florida. And the other box is red sand, kind of like in Utah, that area. Um, and people create a world. So there's different instructions, but basically imagine, you know, we're, we're processing something and I'm saying, Hey, let's take that to the sand. And then the client and I get up and we walk over to the table and I say like, don't overthink it. Just pick up whatever, you know, item ca calls you out. It speaks to you is interesting to you or sparks a memory and put it in the sand shine and create a world, a world. So this is like very non-directive. I, I can do it more directive too, but so create a world. And I just said, have fun with it. Don't overthink it. Yeah. There, I guess I'll go into it a little bit later, but there's some period, there's lots of um, research based how that helps um, the brain process. There's, but I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. Probably. No, that's a beautiful overview. And I think, thank you so much for that. Just super descriptive language. Having never been in your office, I just, I feel like I can see it. So thank you for that. Angela, having been through it, what was it like? Well, it's really funny because I had forgotten that I pulled up my pictures and it's been over a year <laughs> now that we actually did this. And I, until she said it's non-instructive or non-descriptive, I forgot the immense frustration I had when she first said, create a world. I was like, what does that mean? What it, and it would be so fascinating because I know I've regulated my nervous system a lot since then. And so, but I didn't like the lack of parameters. I mean, there's, when she talks about the media cabinet, I mean, it felt like there were like three to four like bookshelves full of things. Now, what I love is that they were kind of organized and grouped in things. And so there was definitely some areas that felt like they were travel or like your country of origin or the countries that resonate. So there were things that represented those different things. And then there was another area that was like, could represent careers. And there was another section that was like all the play things were kind of grouped together. So I loved that because I didn't feel, it didn't feel chaotic, even though there's just a lot of different options. And so I'm just like randomly picking things and randomly doing this thing and feeling super uncomfortable. Like, am I doing it right? And I'm like, you guys know how I talk about indicator lights and how like when we have these sensations and these emotions, then they're an opportunity for you to go, Ooh, okay, Miss I Love Freedom, duh, like it's still got some uh, lingering perfectionism, literally sand tray, we're supposed to be playing here and I'm worried that I'm doing not doing it right. And anyway, so that was those were kind of the first insights. So even just the experience of just setting to try to do it. And we weren't in a therapy situation. It was literally like, she's like, Hey, I think you'll have fun doing this. And I was just like, yeah. And so it's funny that we're doing this for fun February. And the first thing I say is, Oh my gosh, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> but Angela, but that's interesting that. because mm -hmm. we've also talked about how you had a challenge <laughs> opportunity that it was like, you know, pick some of these things to do every day for 90 days. 
And you had a lot of resistance when it, to the idea of do something fun every single day for 90 days. I feel like this is similar. And I also don't think that you're alone and that there are a lot of adults that are like, what is fun anymore? And hopefully not so much anymore after you've been listening to this series and you've been able to engage with that. But I don't think it's uncommon. Corinna, what about you? Do you think that as people approach the sand tray, is there some resistance a lot or maybe not? Or are we unique? That's fine if we are. You can find every single reaction in the on the earth to that. Um, one of the really, really amazing benefits of it is that sometimes in therapy, there's, there's, there's times where it's like, I really just don't want to feel like unpacking one more thing today. I'm feeling so good. I really didn't even want to come into therapy. People say that Mm. all the time. Like, Ooh, okay. This is very pregnant because something is coming out, but I'd also don't want to rock the boat. You are feeling great. Let's celebrate it. Let's have like a good time. But, um, but there's also just the Sandra is geared towards situations where we can't put it in words, what's going mm-hmm. on. Like we, we either can't or we don't know how to, or we just can't remember things. And to your question, so usually I, I wouldn't do a Sandra in the very first, uh, you know, meeting and the very first sitting down there, but I kind of, I, I bring it up several times in the, therapy process so people kind of get used to the idea and and some people are like yes let's let's go play I really don't want to talk or um or when I feel like they're being stuck when when there's something like I'm I'm just like ready to do to do like I know there's more but I don't want to talk about it or um and let's just take it to the sand and have some fun and um, very often, so for people like like Angela, like in the beginning, I would just say, "Well, let's just, let's just feel the sand and play the sand. Would you like some water? We can pour some water in so the sand will stick. Or, you know, here are the matches. We can light some stuff on fire. Or, um, but we we've burned a lot of letters to people in the sand tray, actually, too. I mean, that's a great place to burn to burn to burn shit. Excuse me, but." <laughs> usually if it's something that needs to be processed that you need to burn it probably is uh warrants some cussing so that is why i said that word (laughs) deliberately (laughs) um so yes we'll burn stuff sorry yeah um no you're fine (laughs) so then there's other people that just are so ready and they, they can't wait to just, oh, and this, and I pick something up. Oh my God, I had one of these of my childhood. Cause I've collected, I've done this since 1996. So I've collected a lot of Disney series kind of um, that people had completely forgotten. Oh, this is what the, what the original Cinderella looked like. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh <clears throat> Now that it's been reproduced and things like that. So, um, or people like, oh my gosh, I have like this cute little, um, very, very go round, a merry ground. And people's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I've loved being on these or like, oh God, this makes me so afraid of heights. I mean, it already in that little interaction, so much comes out that, that, um, inspires people to talk more about things. So, that would be my follow-up question. Then what? People play with the sand tray. They put the figurines in. Angela gets frustrated saying, I don't know what you want me to do. Put some stuff in there. What What happens next? 
what what's the yeah. I guess the question I'm asking is kind of what's the point without <laughs> that there has to be a point. Yeah. Well, first of all, we the very, very basic point is that we trust the psyche to heal itself. The psyche, your inner parts to heal yourself. We just, whatever you end up creating is going to be a healing project, no matter what you do. Um, so it can get really intense, actually. My role as a therapist is not really, I'm, is not really to be an animator or to ask you lots of questions or most of all, my, my role is not to analyze just like with dreams, really only you are the holder of the information, what your dreams mean to you. And so the Sandry is the same as that, um, that, um, I take it, I take a back stand. I observe being a witness, people creating their inner world with a witness is incredibly powerful. Um, so I'm really very quiet. I take some notes about sometimes how people move things. And um, so later on, I could notice it for them or point it out if it comes about. But I'm just sitting there watching them do. And I watched Angela, you know, get really frustrated. And, and I might say, you know, just notice how that frustrates you. You know, just notice like that's something um, maybe we can visit that later, why that was frustrating. And Angela did, right? She just now visited. And so <clears throat> between 10 and 20 minutes usually is kind of what, what people take. And at one point, every time they're like, I'm done. There comes a point where you're like, yeah, it's exactly how I wanted it. Every time it's what people say, I'm done. <laughs> Suddenly, like, it's like they've, feel like, okay, I'm done with processing this. So then um, I encourage them to look at it from different angles and see if there's something that they notice. Is there anything you notice if you step over to the right or if you go up on your tippy toes? Um, yeah, this this person is so much bigger than everybody else. Or um, And then... Then I ask, you know, is, is there, and so the work happens not necessarily in us talking about the work happens in the creation of it. And there's a lot of research done once again, how um, it helps your brain process things in different ways. And the, um, but I use it in this session and the session after um all of a sudden people have found some words like their, their spouse who were there at the moment mad at, you know, they put them in, in the form of a bulldog. And then they also put them in some, you know, other ways. All of a sudden there's some more words. Like when he is mm -hmm. acting this way and pointing at the bulldog without calling, you know, that person a bad name, that already like is giving giving names to things. And so then I'll ask, you know, um, <clears throat> I might ask, not always, but is there something that sticks out to you? Um, and I know it's cliche, but since I'm a therapist, I work into the feelings. So it's like, well, are there any kind of emotions that stood out to you? How about this area? This looks, um, like maybe there's a little bit more for you to tell me about if you want to, or, you know, I'm very non-directive, but there is also an entire directive way of doing things. And I'll talk about that later, but this is the, 
general thing is it just starts and and I, without a fail I have never had somebody build a sand tray where they didn't say oh my god I just realized this Angela mm. just did it when we looked at the pictures <laughs> yeah, we started the podcast, like, oh my god this happened Angela actually do you want to tell us about this yeah well yes sure Of course, <laughs> lots of thoughts going on. Alfer, if you are on the, if you're, if you join us on YouTube, I'm actually going to share my screen so that we can talk about the sandbox that I created. And I was going to say, I remember that feeling of completion of like it just feeling like, okay, it's just done. Also, you sent me some information before this episode about the importance of like integration. And I talk about that in Traveling Light, that when we're looking at trauma, trauma is something that happens to us that we, our brain can't make sense of. And so when we are able to make sense of something and integrate it into our lives, then that's when we can, then we can heal from it. So I love that this is such a just low key, I kind of want to say, but also just a very safe feeling way to, to be able to experience that. So this is my sand tray that I created. We have a little Abraham Lincoln on the left, which the, my big aha today was I just, have, I, I do some policy work, which I, don't, I talk about a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, it's, it's things that are, you know, will affect generations of housing, but it, To, on a day-to-day -day basis, is it going to change anybody's life today? Um, anyway, I'll be spending the next couple of years for sure, at least once or twice a year in DC. So I was like, oh, I'll get to see that. Um, I had been to the Coliseum that year. And so this represented the um, travel that I do and also my faith. Uh, there's a little cross here. But the thing that still intrigues me about this sandbox that I created is that there is I use necklaces to create these two kind of spheres, if you will. And there's a, you know, an, a thing of in one of the spheres, well, I guess all of the little, all of the little miniatures in this outer sphere represent fun to me. So there's a dice that represents games. There's a seashell that's like going to the beach. There's a Ferris wheel, there's sunshine, there's flowers. There's all of these things that are very much related to having fun. And then on this inner one, I still cannot, I do not know this little unicorn that is facing going out of that is uh, still curious to me. And then it's not surprising to me that Wonder Woman is in here. Um, my sweet husband is a chef. And so the fact that I have the little Smurf guy and I call him Papa Smurf all the time. So the fact that I call him this little Smurf chef guy Yay, my husband's on the inner side, uh, in, on the inside of this. So anyway, it was, it felt super random when I was like picking these objects and putting them together. And then when I got done, I was like, whoa, this represents like a whole lot of my life in a very just quick, easy form. And it, it was, it was enlightening and also... I liked how I didn't have a lot of um, cognitive processing because one of the things that I advocate, if you're a regular listener, you know that I'm like feeling your feelings is not always a cognitive expression. It is often 
you need some physical activity. We need to release that emotion. We need to like let the energy move. And so this is such a cool way to let the energy move by literally playing. The question I have for you, and I do this where I go on these, I talk a lot and then I have a question, but I'm curious if there is, if there's correlation or if it's more chicken egg situation, people that are um, reluctant to play and maybe are struggling with emotional regulation and flexibility, is this helpful to them? And or does this play type of therapy actually let me get a little more emotional flexibility so that then I can play more in my the rest of my life? And I don't know that that may be a roundabout wrong way to ask that question, but I'm very curious about like, if, does it encourage people to play outside of therapy? Maybe I guess mm-hmm. is the best oh. way to ask the question. Encouraged to play outside of therapy. I don't know about that. I'd have to think. It's uh, probably depends on the personality. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking I pulled up my neurobiology cheat sheet that I kind of wrote up. Um, so I'll give you a little bit of that information first, how it works. Um, it, you know, it elicits different, elicits different responses in the brain. And, um, there's, and I know Angela, you talk about this a lot, different regions in the brain. There's the prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. and then, um, and the amygdala are the ones that we basically mostly talk about. And so a little excourse. So we experience the emotions in that amygdala kind of region, right? And then the thought behind it, the talking about it, the processing happens in the cortex. So when we sit in therapy and we talk about things, often those are just works. And then people say, I know I should not smoke, but I still do it. Right. Or I know I should not get angry. I know there's no reason to get angry and still. And that's because the connection between. So, you know, just in lay terms, I guess. But the connection, the prefrontal cortex and amygdala do not talk with each other. They, They have not the same language. They don't. They cannot. You Your brain cannot tell your emotions to stop worrying. It's just. It does help to do it over time, but but I'm sure you've all had that. It's like, oh, I know I really shouldn't be angry. And then you don't have to do all that other kind of work. The way how they talk to each other is through experiences. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> um, I don't know. You're friend <laughs> strange example, but let's say you're, you're, you're terribly afraid of spiders and, and, you know, and your, um, your brain keeps saying they're, they're harmless. There's not a harmful spider. And you can tell you that all the time, but until you actually touch a spider and don't get bitten, you, your experience cannot, the feeling of I'm actually safe touching the spider, you know, the experience is what tells us we're okay. We're safe. Mm. And so, the century is is taking is it's a tactile nonverbal thing, and it you know there's lots of other techniques, but century mm-hmm. is just one technique. And on the site now, I'm I'm a I'm a trauma therapist, and I 
do EMDR, which is a form of therapy. And I, I integrate all these things together. So I sometimes, well, you know, I'll just say, well, let's take it to the sand and have the experience of what it feels like to, you know, Angela put the boundaries, those beats that you put around him. What does it feel like separating out your inner world, the people that you trust and your outer world, and to be aware that you have this one part here and the other part there. The question was, (laughs) what was your question? (laughs) Oh, if it, I think you were thinking, does it actually help people heal or would it make them worse or? Oh, no, no, no. It's more like if you're somebody who has been struggling through this podcast series going, I have a hard time playing. Oh, well, maybe there's some, you know, there's some, maybe that's an indicator that you are, there's some, you need some more emotional flexibility, some more emotional regulation, and perhaps maybe fan tray therapy could unlock that so that then it might be a little bit easier for you to play and have fun is one idea. So one, one of the reasons I got really interested in it is when I first in 1996 had my own therapy and it was, she was an art therapist an artist. Great. And I have an artist soul, but lack the ability. And I know it's not about the outcome and all that, but that didn't work for me. And the same with journal. I wouldn't write things down. And she said, well, but I'm also a very tactile person. So um, it, it allowed me to create this. They're usually the sanitary worlds look beautiful. Oh, they always look great. People end up putting some flowers in there or some moons and suns and sparkles or whatever they have to do. So it's like you create something really beautiful that you can feel proud of. Um. And I'm not saying it works any better than art therapy. It's just a different way to access something inside yourself and then gain the confidence that you've created something beautiful that that people will often say like, well, I went to the beach and I actually created this little this little thing out of shells and sticks that I did. And I actually had the confidence to try something outside the box and something Mm -hmm. different. So it reactivates some things in the brain that have been lost by doing that in the sand or using the water. uh, um, It just, it's kind of like reawakens a little piece in you. I feel like the communication nerd in me I feel like one of the benefits could be that there are there's so many times when we're trying to process through something or we're even trying to describe it that coming up with the words is a challenge. And you know, they say in journalism a picture is worth a thousand words. There's almost when you pick a figurine and you use the example somebody picked a bulldog and said, you know, and my husband is acting like this. There's so much meaning that can be pulled from that to say, this is what it feels like. This is, this is what, you know, a similar association to then notice that notice when somebody is behaving in a way that feels kind of like a bulldog and you may not describe them as aggressive and you may not describe them as, you know, mean or, or whatever it might be. But, but if somebody, I don't know, I could feel, I just imagined that, you were able to put different meaning and words to something where words felt lost before. I It also reminds me a lot of how children process things and that 
I know as a parent, one of the things that I have been told a lot is that children process through play. And so sometimes, especially when there is something really hard or, or a big struggle in your kid's life, they can process that through play. I have heard stories of other parents who've had children who had to deal with school shooter drills at school or even like an active shooter who then came home and started playing that. And the parents were mortified that their kid was playing through this really traumatic situation. And yet the reason that they were playing through it was because that is how their brain is needing to process what is going on and needing to understand it. And it's not innately a bad thing to to play or to process through something hard or traumatic or or baby disturbing because it can help what you're talking about with that experience, that prefrontal cortex connection with the amygdala and being able to go through that together. It just makes so much sense to me of, of another facet. And I, I love that point that you made that, you know, art therapy works. I know people talk about even like Horse therapy is different uh, methodology and the Sandra therapy. It's not that there is one singular method that everybody has to go run to go do this thing. But if you are out there needing some healing and some processing, golly, there's a lot of tools available to you. It's figuring out what are the right tools for your toolbox and, and how can you explore and how can you process these things through maybe a more playful thing like a Sandra. <laughs> Well, um, <clears throat> going back for a second, um, Basil Vanderkolt, the one that wrote The Body Keeps the Score. Yep, I'm sure you all mentioned it in several podcasts. <laughs> but um, he, he, to quote him lightly, said something around the resolution of trauma lies in, now I missed the word. <laughs> the integration. Lies in lies in the in the integration and um I have to go back and oh resolution duh. Um so and I so many different forms of therapy help you find a resolution or reprocessing or remembering. There's different ways to res find a resolution, but sooner or later in our lives we look at these little and there's not just big traumas, there's lots and lots of little traumas we have. And um, so one of the ways Santry or art therapies use is to process these little traumas and finding resolutions and sometimes even memories of things you don't, you only have vague memories of. Mm -hmm. And people always say, you know, I, I'm, um, will you help me find the memories of what happened? I'm like, no, if your body stores it, then you're, and there's a reason for why you're not talking about why it's not coming out. Let's just take it slow. Mm -hmm. But would you like to take it to the sanctuary <laughs> and, um, and, and find things that we're, we're in our restricted language can process or find a resolution for, but this deeper part of ourselves, the psyche knows how to heal itself, heals itself. Um. So, but what you had brought up, and I think is like, can I take this into my everyday life? Right? Mm -hmm. I think is what you I heard you say. Um, okay, I don't want to go to therapy, or then I, I at this point, I'm, I've, I'm therapied out or whatever. But I do feel like and and um, feel like playing in the sand. <laughs> um, 
So first of all, one of the questions, does it have to be sand or can I just make a collage or can I just make a vision board or um, all these things are great things. The sand works a little bit different. There's something specific about the earth, the earth's um, connection to the earth and the, the fine grains and the way it feels in your hand, the way you can shape it or in the sand tree, you can hide things under, right? Or you can you know, hide parts of it. So the sand works a little bit different than, but that's okay. If So if you're at home, if you want to create one of these little sand, you've probably seen these little sand garden things. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one of those to just play with. And I do have little miniatures. Oh, I was going to pull out. I have a teeny little um, elf on the shelf. You know, that represents all kinds of stuff, magic, fantasy, vision, you know, childhood, whatever. And you can create your own very beautiful things by collecting just rocks and sticks. And you can, I mean, make a whole work of art and you can already feel just like you're, it's like your nerve, at least for me, my nerve endings, I'm starting to calm down putting my fingers through the sand, you know, the rake that they have using a fork. Mm-hmm. You can't, could have your own little sand tray at home. Um, but you can also just be what's called the floor play. You could create what's important when you do that is that I think that you have the boundaries of a sand tree, that you have a dedicated area, like put a towel, um, a small little towel on the table or so you have an area. Um, and you can just create a beautiful world and go around your household and find some, I mean, just have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, create a little, some people call it an altar, right? People already have it. They have an area where they put all the things that are important to you on the new little side table, you know, a picture of their mom or this item I've been given to me by my friend who passed or so you can, you want to, every once in a while encourage you to rearrange that a little bit and play with it and touch it and, and like put it in a different order and just like interact with it. It's not the same as sand tree therapy, but that is something fun to do at home that just encourages you to go get away from the rigid mind of I have to talk about this problem with somebody or mm. rigid thinking of um this is just stupid little play that makes no sense. Mm. There's enough enough neurobiological research, neurological re- neuroscience research behind this um to prove that it actually works. And it makes sense. I mean touching things. Even just and so there's some other mindful things. You know, I've got this mug. It says girl boss. <laughs> Certain days are bring it out, you know, and I just, and it's not smooth. It's dented. So I mindfully intentionally just notice how it's not perfect and how it's one of my favorite ma- mugs anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it, now we're transitioning into talking about being more intentional with your environment Mm-hmm. And and integrating that's like noticing, yeah, you know, this is really not perfect, but man, it says girl boss on the front, whatever that, you know, <laughs> whatever that means. And it's got good coffee inside. And so just kind of like appreciating that and making that connection of 
feeling alive. Um, I love that. We are this year, our theme is um, how to have a freaking awesome life. And so I love that we went from play and sand tray therapy to, oh, here's some other really cool techniques, you know, of, of just being in your, your space. It's also funny because I typically don't drink any beverage except water on here. And today I felt like I wanted a mug. I wanted to be able to hold my warm mug. And so it's very interesting that, that today I was feeling super tactile and, and wanting that grounding, that connection. Also the idea of when we're children, we are comfortable in sand right? Sand, we don't ever go, Ooh, I've got sand on my feet. You know, like we love the sand. And I think there's an element of this as I listen to you where I think this has got to be great for inner child work and really good for the idea of being able to access that inner child part of us. Because so much of, I would say that I'm in second wave nervous system healing right now, um, which is fascinating to me because I calmed my nervous system way down. And right now, the things that are coming up for me are really around um, acknowledging the, the, the little girl that's inside of me and, and what happened. And I recently had a situation where it was like, I forgave the person for this thing they did, but I had never sat with 10 year old me and gone, that really sucked, honey. I, I see you uh, and, and just like adult me kind of metaphorically holding that space. And I, I cried, I mean, just sobbed tears and, and just like, deep gut-wrenching, even just talking about it, like my stomach, I can feel it coming up from my, you know, my very core. And it's, I think the more flexibility I have, which is probably why I keep pushing on this, um, but the, and and this focus on play and allowing ourselves to reaccess that because sometimes we get to be adults and we're like, oh, we're supposed to be grownups now. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, not all parts of being a grown up. There's some parts of being a child and some things, lessons that I learned as a child that serve me very, very well. And I want to hold on to those lessons and I want to flourish those lessons. And there's other lessons I learned as a child that I'm like, that is not serving me and I don't need to. And, and in play, we can be like, oh, I'm going to dress up like this today. And then it doesn't, and you dress up like something different. And so I just, I love this whole idea and I love the ability to kind of, it feels to me on multiple levels um, this could be super helpful. You know, you've mentioned art therapy. I also been recently become friends with somebody that does music therapy. And so I think there's a lot of modalities and I really appreciate that. I think in our culture, there's like, Oh, you do cognitive behavioral therapy. We go and we talk and we say, hey, this is the problem. And this is what I'm feeling. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, I can't wait till we get to the point where we figure out that talk therapy is not actually that effective. <laughs> I, there are certain people that I'm like, no, it's, it may not work for you. And so anyway. Well, to that, I can say that 
it's it that's if you focus on the content of what's being said but a lot of why therapy works is because of the container it's that one hour a week that's just about you mm. that you have it's not about the other that you talk to it's having somebody else on the outside looking in with you mm. that's how santra works too and it's just once again that boundary behind doors like anything goes in a non-judgment mental environment definitely if your therapy doesn't feel non-judgmental i'm i'm very judgmental about that it's like you should <laughs> not feel judged you should not feel yeah, like I you have a, a good a good client and in, in, in not yeah so but and i okay. think most most people feel pretty good and safe with their therapists once they get to know them and if you don't then you might want to find somebody else you sometimes the energy doesn't work i mean that right. you, you can't yeah. you don't get along with everybody but there's a, a couple of things i want to bring into that is um i know you angela know about this already it's called internal family systems which mm. is a form of therapy that mm. talks about or it comes from the point of first of all the word family is misleading it's not about your external family it's your internal family and it mm-hmm. is the idea that we all have many different family members inside us or parts inside us that are um, contributing to our everyday life and so um, the many different parts you know I envision is like okay I've got this round table this one way, right? And there's many different people sitting and I am my, me, the self, the core, the person I want to be, the person I feel best at being. I call that the self. I'm at the head of the table and, and I have to go and listen to everybody on the table and listen to what they have to say. Um, because otherwise they're just going to sit there fidgeting the whole time through the meeting and, and not feeling hurt. Right. So, so in, internal family systems therapy, we, we visit the many different parts. And, um, so an example would be a part of me is really excited about this new opportunity. A part of me is really scared about this opportunity. That would be, and then you talk about the different parts, just, and then maybe there's a part of you that's, I'm sorry, I talked right over you. No, go, go, go. when then the part that's scared is actually self-sabotaging. So there's mm-hmm. another part of you that's sabotaging your efforts. Mm-hmm. And then there's another part that's like closely related to, let's say, um, your mother with critical comments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very, very critical part. And like knowing all these parts and when they're activated um, is really helpful in, in gaining con- sort of control back focusing on the self the part that you want to be by um, these all all these parts are acting out like the self-sabotaging because they're trying to protect you from something so figuring out what you need protection from well my feelings being hurt i'm afraid i'm i might you know the self-sabotaging piece in you i might not be successful with my um government work um so these critical voices are we have to know they're there and we have to make friends with them and listen to them and um and also let them know hey i'm in charge you don't have to worry you don't have to rescue me i've got this right i angela got Mm. this 
I'm good at what I do. And so putting back the sand tray, it's such an amazing place to discover your parts. Mm. And so I'm thinking, um, Angela, if you think back on your own sand tray and look at some of the parts in there, you don't have to, you know, talk about what they meant to you, but can you, can that make sense to you that there's. Oh my, yes, absolutely. Because there's, you know, the part of me that is like, I've got this, I'm Wonder Woman. You know, if you saw that. And then there was definitely the parts that are a little more insecure that feel childlike and, and childlike can be great. Right. Cause then you're like, Oh, the playful parts, but also childlike can feel like I don't actually know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know what the, I'm supposed to, how I'm supposed to show up in this space. And I, golly, I've talked about this on the podcast, but even just as early as last night, I was thinking about, um, I had a speaking gig and the audience that I was speaking to, my husband said, I just want to tell you that like he was there and he's like, you, there was a different energy about you. And mm-hmm. And, and it was with college kids. And, and he said, I wanted to notice for you that when you speak with college kids and then, so you're doing your passion of speaking and then you have just such a deep, deep love for, for that time, that season of life for people. Cause they're shaping. He's like, it was noticeably different. And like, you seemed just on fire and just like, lit up and very passionate and your energy was very different. And I noticed it and I want to make sure you noticed it. And I, the insecure part of me was like, but, but I don't know how that aligns with this business strategy we have and how is that going to work and what is it going to, oh my gosh, you're flaky again. You're going to change your mind again. And he's like, you have loved hanging with college students forever. Like I literally, when my kids graduated, I started volunteering with a, with a youth organization that serves college kids and love to have them to my house. And so he's like, you're not going to change. This isn't, this isn't new for you. This is going to be anyway. So was, even in seeing my passion, oh, Sammy's got an observation. Do you know why you love college kids? Because I think I do. And I'm curious if you know why you love college kids and why this age. I don't know if I've ever thought about it. So I mean, I, I've said that you, well, no, I'll go ahead. Because you're going to be. <laughs> no, no. Give your answer I've... first. And then I'll tell you what I'm 90% sure is the correct answer. Okay. Well, I think there's an element of it. Number one is that I joke a lot and say parents think they've finished raising their kids <laughs> and the, that they're not. I also, I think it's the time in our life when we, it is absolutely culturally acceptable to decide who you are. Like I get pushback from 40 and 50 year olds like, oh, if I start being fun and extroverted, then people are going to think that's weird. And in college, you get to decide who you are. And so since that's such a big part of who I am and I want people to live intentionally, then I think that's why it is. It could also be that that's when I discovered who I was. Bing, bing, bing. I think that's (laughs) it in my opinion, because Angela, your birth through 18, I mean, literally birth through 18 was such a traumatic roller coaster of just one change after another and everything. And when you got to college, 
that was the most control you ever had of your own life. And that space, the people who poured into you at that time, the decisions that you made then that are still impacting you to this day in the best ways, you connecting with that age are getting to turn around and pour back into because who knows what other Jenny Johnson is walking onto campus for the first time saying, I've never had this opportunity in front of me that you get to go tell them, do you know that your life is in front of you? And you shared with me last night that there was a girl who one of the things that she learned from you speaking to her last night was it's not too late to heal that in her mind in college, she thought it was too late to start her healing journey. And you, Jenny Johnson, you knew Jenny Johnson back in college. By the time I I was Angela Johnson in college, even. I'm sorry. Yes, you had. So you left high school as Jenny Johnson. You walked onto campus as Angela. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. You walked onto campus, though, and you got to decide this is where my healing journey will start, period, the end. And you get to give that hope. And and pouring into that age range makes so much sense because it's just you are getting to go back and be there for somebody else's college self in the same way that you get to do that healing and processing for your college self who went through all of that change. So it's not sand trade therapy, but it's it's you <laughs> reflecting on things. But I'm just getting to notice that with you. I think it makes so much sense. It makes a lot of sense. Very sweet. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me, sweet love. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I'm sorry I went on this tangent, yes, not about no, sand tray therapy, but it was we still beautiful. Tangent, but no, and okay. it was still beautiful. I'm sorry, Angela, what did you say? Go. Oh, oh no. Back to um, you. Well, what came to mind is the word corrective emotional experience. We're, mm-hmm. we're always for healing, you know, striving and should have a lot of corrective emotional experiences. So you Mm -hmm. talking to college kids provides you with a corrective emotional experience. And it's very, that's very, very healing. And so back to the Santry, that's the same thing is Mm -hmm. it Santry provides for a, a corrective emotional experience. You can, um, um, create something that feels healing and that like maybe back at the time you couldn't do it that way, but you're doing it now and okay with that. What's coming up for you, Angela? (laughs) (sighs) Well, one of the things that last night I went, you know, I was like, I was very proud of the presentation and, you know, the power of the internet, this is being recorded at a time when uh, separate from when we're going to uh, air. But um, I said to my husband, I was like, okay, I did really well. And I want to keep working on my stories. And, and I was, I was thinking of some of the stories you know, I was thinking of like, I made the decision to actually say, I'm not going to date anybody seriously until I like myself. I mean, what 18 year old kid does that? I was 19 when I, you know, and I, 
<laughs> I did lots of people non-seriously. <laughs> had a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, the day that I sat at my, I sat down at lunch and I said to my friends, okay, I like me. I like what I'm about. I would be my friend. And I remember all of them and several of them were I'm st- actually all of them that were sitting at the table where I'm still friends with now. And they look at me like I've absolutely lost my mind. And they're like, uh, pumpkin, we've been your friend for a year and a half. Like, um, we do like what you're about. What are you saying? And that day was the day of the first date I had with Barry Belford, cute freshman boy who I am now married to. And we just recently had 31 years since that first date. So 31 years since I decided I actually like me. That's so funny. That's this week. Anyway, and so there's just some stories of like some just moments in time that um, that I think will could be very impactful if I will just embrace this idea of like, no, 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 I really should just go be with college students. <laughs> Stop the madness. <laughs> Anyway, okay, Corinna, let's land this plane. What is something that you want to people to leave? What can we leave people with? (laughs) Okay, uh, quick another agenda item is, as I was watching this beautiful interaction between the two of you, is that I love using the sanctuary for working with couples or family members. And I think the two of you should come in and just build the sand tray together. Just have fun, not to work through um, deeper issues, although, you know, we know that always still happens, but not with the focus, but just to come in and work and, and create a sand tray together and do oh. this, some of that corrective emotional experience and whatever. Um, the one thing I want people to... Um, <laughs> take with them is the famous words, a cigar is not just a cigar, which is a terrible reference. I shouldn't have brought that up. It's a, it's a Freud sentence. And anyways, forget us. I brought that up, but really what uh, I'm Kat, to rewind that. Uh, we have a producer. Yep. She can edit that part out. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no she can keep it in. Oh, <laughs> but whatever she wants to do. Um, but um the um like the psyche knows how to heal itself and if you have some healing to do be open to nonverbal processes um whatever that is for you I've, i'm feeling like even your podcast although it's very very verbal but it's also very technical and all that and airing it is is um a different healing tool just be open to the fact that whatever there's so much more you can do to heal and every day you you do heal everybody heals people feel like stuck it's like this is never gonna get better and it is and so the center is just one tool a non-verbal tool um, that people use can use yeah psyche knows how to heal itself that's the underlying five i think for the day i love that thank you guys so much for being here and for listening and for joining us on this journey particularly through fun february for now we hope you guys go be freaking awesome